0: And for those of you who don't know, Lisa is like a raging introvert, and so we're so grateful that that you came on today. You agreed to do this. This is the Serrano Brothers Podcast. Everybody on today's show, we have Lisa Herlocker. Lisa, thank you so much for coming on today. We want.
1: I, I, I guess I'm glad to be here.
0: <laughs> well, you know what's so funny, Lisa is is. I I get a lot of emails from you, like about all the youth is ministry true. stuff email going is a on. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I, we communicate so much just via email because you're always putting out information about youth stuff going on in the yeah. Sierra Pacific Synod. And so uh, it's I'm happy that we can actually have this interface because, you know, <laughs> I, I get your emails all the time. And for those of you who don't know, Lisa is like a raging introvert. And so we're so grateful that, that you, and you agreed to do this. Um, so we want to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, where, where are you from?
1: Um, I grew up in Santa Cruz. Uh, oh. So I'm native to the Sierra Pacific Senate. Um, and uh, professional things, life took me to um, first to Fairfield and then to uh, Rockland. So east of Sacramento, we, uh, my husband, and I, and family raised raised a the family there. We've lived here 32 years now. So um, yeah, it's, that's that's kind of where I am now. And what you know, where I, who I am, I guess. But I really miss the beach and and the ocean and all that stuff. So anytime I get a chance to go to Mount Cross, I make sure there's time to also run into town and do something.
0: That's, that's cool. We are from San Diego, and and so there is something about uh beach people needing to return right to to just look <laughs> at the water. the
1: water the water is too cold but just looking at it is help you know
0: absolutely, uh, absolutely. in fact, every time i go and it's not like the bay it's different like going out to the to the ocean is different than yeah. like being in the bay and so right. um I'm glad that you still have that beach girl inside of you, you know. <laughs> do, you, do you have any like favorite childhood memory from from going up in Santa Cruz?
1: Um well, because I was local, like we didn't ever went to the boardwalk unless my all my relatives lived out of state. So anytime we had visitors, then that was a chance to go to the boardwalk. Um, And so we would basically do a circuit and take them, depending on their age, go to the boardwalk or something at the beach and then go out to toward uh, where Mount Cross is out to Henry Cal State Park and walk them in the redwoods. And so it was always um, pretty apparent to me that Santa Cruz was kind of a special place because you had access to kind of that redwood forest stuff Mm -hmm. and the beach. Um, So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, when I, and I never went surfing between the cost and the cold water, it, I have lots of friends that did, you know, but I just oh. didn't. And, but when I went to college, I went to Chico state. And if people asked me if I surfed, I just nodded and said yes. And just kind of rolled with it. Cause they weren't <laughs> like, you know, they weren't fact checking me. Right. So I just... <laughs> I,
0: uh, That's all uh, um, so, so, uh, we kind of talked before we, before we started recording, you're a runner.
1: Yes, sort of.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what what got you started in running? What, running is hell for me, and so I'm <laughs> always fascinated by runners. And and like, tell me, how did you get started running?
1: So, I'm I've always wanted to be an athlete. That's just part of you, know, whatever. But I was never very good at anything. I was. You know, a C or B, you know, I, you know as far as like level and, and different things That's coordinated, but not, you know, an athlete. And so in high school, I was on the track team because you didn't have to try out. You could just be. And uh, so I got to do that. I was a hurdler, actually, a, a sprinter in theory, but I was literally in last place in every race I ran through high school, except for one of the last races I ran as a senior and then I got second to last. So yeah, whatever that's worth. <laughs> um, but I enjoyed it. I love being on the team. Um, and so then at various other times as an adult, I'd mess around with running, but I always thought, Oh, I hate distance running. I don't want to go for a long time. Right. And then my husband kind of got into it, um, trained for a couple of marathons that he never actually did cause he got hurt. Um, and so then, you know, a couple mile run that, that seemed reasonable. I could do that. And so when my kids were gone in college and, you know, other adult things, uh, the older one really wanted to run the half marathon at Disneyland. And my husband was actually working out of state at the time. So he was gone like every couple of weeks, he was gone for like two weeks. So I thought, well, I could do this, you know, if I pay this money and, you know, I'll, I'll train for that. And so me and my daughter, and she was down in Southern California, she was at CLU at the time. Um, so she was training on her own. I was doing my thing. And I'm a morning person. So rolling out of and doing that wasn't that hard. Um, and so then I survived that and I felt kind of good about myself because I could do it. Right. And um, so I just kind of got into it and just kind of stuck with it because then it was like because that was I was almost 50 at that point. So it was like, well, if other old people can do this, I guess I can do it. And so then eventually I did call myself a runner and then kind of feel like, yeah, I'm kind of athletic now. So, So, you know, it's just it's. And now it's kind of, yeah, you better just keep doing this as long as you can for just health reasons and stuff like that. And it sounds... That, that's
0: really, Do you do... Do you still do... Are you still doing like half marathons or five, yeah, so, 10Ks?
1: So I do... um I did several at Disneyland and the last three that I think I did there, they had something called the Double Dare. So you ran a 10K on Saturday and then the half marathon on Sunday. And of course, I was at Disneyland too. So then I was like, in the park but trying to really mostly sit but that's hard um then they stopped doing them but I kept there's a local one in Sacramento that's um flat like along the river it's really you know and so that's in the spring so I was doing I was doing both of those for a couple of years um and then kept I've been continuing to do that one and that organization like during the pandemic they had other kinds of challenges you could do so you could get You know, not not so much that you were staying in training, but at least staying in shape. So, Hmm. done a lot of virtual stuff in the last few years. That's really cool. Yeah, thanks. That's cool.
0: Do you have any other hobbies or anything that you that you're involved in?
1: Um, do a lot of gardening in my you know yard work kind of gardening in my yard, and then um, photography and uh, reading as much as I can too, uh, which Mm -hmm. shouldn't be surprising for an introvert, but. at one point, I was like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I, I need to make sure that every day I go outside and read for like a half an hour. And then that way I got sunshine and I got, you know, and kind of hit all the buttons. So I just set a timer, go out for like 30 minutes and make sure that happens almost every day.
0: What, what kind of books are you into?
1: Um, I try to flip-flop between uh, nonfiction and fiction. Um, I My uh, college degrees are in history. I've got a master's in history and... Uh, so I read a lot of that sort of thing. I've been trying to read more um so I focused on like African American history and uh, women's history. So then now I'm trying to round that out with more, you know, some other ethnic groups. So I just read a couple of decent histories of um like overall US history, but from the perspective um of um well, I guess from Mexico. I mean it's they're not written by Mexicans necessarily, but they're um the idea being that that we we often look at U.S. history from east coast to west coast, and mm-hmm. this was looking at it from south to north. So oh, interesting. Back, yeah. So and it was. And it was yeah. uh, so I've read a couple kind of along those lines of like remembering you know Latinos have been here forever, right? So how do we, you know, incorporate that and you know and the Native Americans same kind of thing because it's hard to find general histories like that. So when I do, I try to grab them and read them. Um, so that 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 sort of thing in kind of 20th century kind of stuff um so then fiction it's kind of i guess it's called realism just you know just stories um a little bit of sci-fi a little in fantasy stuff but not a lot um so mostly like historical fiction and just straight up kind of fiction i don't you know
0: i'm i'm reading a book right now on in latin american history called open the veins of latin america and it's basically from the perspective of um that Latin America has been uh, exploited so much, you know, first for gold and silver and then for copper and then for just kind of all all of the natural resources oil and kind of from that perspective of like what that kind of exploitation has done to latin america from colonial powers uh it's a really fascinating book uh and i'd recommend it to you if you're if you're kind of in the latin american uh i don't know what class it was in
1: that i took but in at chico i took some class for the one of the books we read was they went through each, almost every country in Latin America and looked at the colonialism piece of it. Um, and But this was like, it, and kind of like the 60s and 50s, 60s and 70s and what was going on with the revolution and some of that kind of stuff. But of course, you can't keep every book from college. So that went somewhere I lost track of somewhere because it'd be good to look back <laughs> on my chapter in Argentina. What exactly was Pinochet? You know, when it comes up in something better, that's chilly. But anyway, um uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's I'm just trying to be more um, well-rounded in, in the different eth- you know ethnic groups that I'm looking at or whatever, and see you know and looking at it from a positive contribution, right? I don't. know I, yeah, right. Immigration yeah. itself has always fascinated me because my dad's parents are immigrants, and but then but they were white, and so then they would have obvious prejudices, and I'm like, especially like in their case, the Native American reservation that was near them, and I'm like, what are you doing? They've been here before you. Why are you talking like that? You know, as, as a little, I was like, this yeah. don't, "You people make no sense. <laughs> you know? And so that piece of immigration policy and stuff makes no sense to me. Um, and so like the current border stuff, I'm just like, come on, sit in a room, fight this out and come up with a plan that's not hurting people, you know? Yeah, right.
0: so. yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's, that's cool that you do that. Uh, do you have a... Okay I would let, like just uh, uh you work for the church obviously right do you have any like spiritual disciplines that you love no,
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um i am not good at like contemplative stuff
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: just can't can't uh think it into that um i do i I was raised by people who literally still to this day spend probably two or three hours doing devotional things. So we always had devotions at breakfast before school, um, wow. including some years for some reason we like would sing a hymn. And these were all Lutherans. This was not some.
0: You know, oh, really?
1: Yeah. and uh, But my mom was just, it was part of what she thought it needed to be to be a good parent. And, and my sister and I understood that that was weird, but we rolled with it and you know and um so i have a really solid kind of bible background but my mother would be appalled to know that i don't pick it up and read it devotionally every day uh um, mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing um i really like church music mm-hmm. but not like i wouldn't listen to a christian radio station kind of thing you know it's, it's mm-hmm. needs to it's more of the Stuff you hear on a Sunday morning or whatever, not you know, or the newer kinds of um, people that are that are doing that. Um, but totally. I try to lean more to like Lutheran singers and Lutheran stuff because then that way I can trust the theology a little bit better. Um, so I don't have anything that's really consistent. Like, you know, if, if that makes sense.
0: No, that totally makes sense. Do you work? Do you go to worship every Sunday?
1: Pretty much. And so, I mean, so there's that, right? Yeah, there's that piece. And and when I was more actively engaged with, or when we had teenagers and I was doing youth ministries, you know, very, you know, specifically, then, then I would obviously be looking at more stuff that, you know, Bible reading and study guides and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, uh, but like, uh, uh, during the pandemic, when we didn't have a pastor, we had a couple of kids that were in sixth grade and that's when we typically started confirmation. So I Mm -hmm. just said, Hey, let's just meet in my backyard and talk about the Bible and at least get you that basic stuff that I know I can do. And then hopefully we have a pastor that can hit the theology better than I can do. But then we lost one of those kids. And so then it was one person. So then I still had to go to confirmation because the new pastor didn't want to just be her and the one kid. So, so then I still had to contribute, you know, but that was okay. I mean, I, I had done confirmation with our old pastor. So, um, all that theology stuff was comfortable. I was just hoping that a pastor would be able to present it in a more interesting way, I guess, or a you know something like that.
0: Those are high hopes for us. <laughs> <laughs> true,
1: true. But I actually, we have, she actually asked the the kid once what uh, what would make confirmation better, and he said we well, could bring more jokes. And, yeah <laughs> and then he's like because like she does because he's known me my whole life so then he's like saying i'm a comedian
0: <laughs> oh funny that's also. Yeah. Awesome. uh what, what what congregation are you part of right now
1: so i'm at bethel in roseville okay um it's smallish i i when i talk to people in, in california it's uh, you could call it small in the greater elca you would call it tiny so we worship mm-hmm. about 40 on a sunday if everyone showed up we'd have about 80 and then there's probably about 100 you know actually on the rolls mm-hmm. Um and uh but it's a pretty consistent group of people it's uh the demographics are kind of weird right now when we i was on the call committee so when we did that study about demographics for the uh, parish report or whatever it's called um we were like there was like five, five categories and we were 20 percent in each of them
0: uh oh, interesting yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's it's a fair and we have several families that the grandparents, young adults and children are all there.
0: Oh, uh, wow. That's cool.
1: So, so I, what, what what I'm hearing is young adults, if they're going to go to church, they're going to go to the church they grew up in, you know, at least yeah. for these people, because they live in the area. And that's what mm-hmm. my kids tell me. Um, so yeah. I just came back. I was at Mount Cross this weekend with an elementary group and uh, the the girl, the little girl that I took her mother babysat my kids and her parents were the, her grandparents were the first people to be friendly to my husband and I, when we first started visiting mm. the church and then the little boy that we took, his mother was in, when I first started doing youth group, she was in the group, the first group I took to a national gathering. So, That's,
0: uh, mm. so
1: those connections are kind of fun.
0: That, that is you, cool. You have a connection to the Sierra Pacific Synod youth committee, right? Yes. T- tell us, tell me about that.
1: Yeah, so um, I am one of two adult co-chairs of the Senate Youth Committee, and uh, the Senate Youth Committee is a group of, um, well, it can be up to 30, but right now it's about 15 high school students that are elected by their peers at a retreat in the, usually it's February, this, this year it's going to be the first weekend of March, um, and they're elected to one-year terms, and they essentially under some adult guidance and there's five adults, six adults maybe right now, um, they plan and implement retreats. And so we post pandemic because of kind of that drag where there's um, less of the retained knowledge, like cultural re- retention for the for the high school kids to understand. They don't have the peers teaching them how to do this in the same way other groups did. We've had, um, Between that and some other things, we've had to clump the last two years, the elementary and middle school retreats together, which is actually Mm. has been helpful for some families because then they can bring their third grader and their seventh grader or something. And and it's easier for for the kids to kind of come if they don't know anyone. Um, So what we did this year deliberately was combine that retreat, which is the one we just had. And then but technically, normally, the elementary retreat would have been in October. But we decided to use the October retreat as a training retreat for the SPSYC kids, which turned out to work out really well so that this past retreat um, with a few glitches in terms of like transitioning from one activity to another, the actual activities were thoroughly planned and the kids just went with it and really did a good job of engaging the little, the younger kids and, you know, doing what we were hoping that they would do. And, and the, um, parents and other chaperones that were there, they were, they told me, you know, that how impressed they were with the kids. And, um, so it, you know, I think we're doing a really good thing. So
0: what, yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. What I really,
1: on it, so.
0: yeah. What I love about the, what I love about, uh, Spizik is it's kids from all over the synod, you get, I mean, it is a diverse group of people, of, of kids who uh, are deciding to. It's 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 almost like leadership training for them, right? Like you you they're taught how to be leaders in this group to lead these things, and and that comes with all kinds of good, I think, helpful dynamics that they have to learn mm-hmm. uh, and responsibilities that they're given. Uh, and so I, I just, that, that was one of the really, the when I was on the the leadership team with Physic, I really loved that, you know, because it's, uh, you know, the kids are, bit, they're also taught how to grind a little bit, you know? Yeah. uh, And and because doing a retreat, you're on 14, 16 funny. hours a day, you know? Yeah. One of them,
1: I use that phrase, okay, on Friday night, I said, so tomorrow you're going to be on and blah, blah, blah. And one kid says, what is, exactly does that mean? And I said, well, it means that, you know, and what was interesting was at our meeting at uh, after everything was you know like after the campers went to bed and we had a meeting with the specific kids to make sure that we were ready for sunday morning um and so a couple of the other adults were pointing out some stuff they'd seen good and bad and whatever and then one of the teenagers says we also need to talk about this and she called out the other kids For it wasn't like horribly inappropriate, but it was a little bit of um, boundary pushing that they had done to another child, you know, with another teenager, another member of the team. And um, they didn't come to us and say, hey, fix this problem. They didn't, you know, and now the kid that stood up and said this was a senior in high school, but still that she felt that, you know, and then the kid that felt disrespected didn't have to come and you know, be embarrassed or anything to say that, hey, this happened and, you know, can you fix it? Um, So, uh, yeah, the leadership piece we've really been focusing on, especially since the pandemic. Um, And so when we had the training retreat in October, they planned, but we also took time and, you know, every adult did something that they're kind of, you know, their specialty or what they felt comfortable with and taught them through lots of different things. And so it really paid off
0: that that's really cool. Cause I think that for, for somebody for, for group that age to be able to self-regulate and to say, Hey, you pushed a boundary and we need to, we need to figure this out to actually engage that person, dude like, you know uh, what the, the Bible tells us to do is like approach the person directly okay. and and have some self-regulation about that, man, that's, that's cool because it's so it would be so easy just to run to the leadership to adults and go hey this person did this thing you take care of it so they don't have to feel uncomfortable right. uh yeah, that's really cool uh yeah. thanks for sharing yeah. that uh, yeah. uh, do you uh okay let's let's talk about the National Youth Gathering yep. um National Youth Gathering is happening July 17th through the 19th right 16th. uh it's the 16th. The I know
1: that because it's my anniversary. My husband's thrilled that I'll be gone.
0: How many of these youth gatherings have you have you gone to?
1: I um, started in 2003. So oh. whatever, count the you know, three years since then, except for the one that got canceled. So three, six, nine, 12, 15, 18 is six. So this will be the seventh because there was the oh. one... That, you know i
0: got lost wow in that. i so i think your first youth gathering was my first youth gathering
1: except
0: was for a two- lady then but no i took a group of kids in 2003 now was i was out I, yeah, yeah it was atlanta <laughs> yeah uh-huh that's yeah. that's funny small world uh <laughs> indeed do, do you have a favorite part of the youth gathering
1: um well, so I have because all my relatives are out of state. I've been to forty-nine of the fifty states because of visiting traveling when I was a kid. So I part of what I like is being able to take kids who've maybe never been on an airplane and get them somewhere else and see a different part of the country, um, and then watch their faces when they see how many other Lutherans there are, because in California and especially out here, you know, my my end of the synod, there's just not as many of those churches. And they certainly don't see them at school or they don't know about them. And um, in Roseville, particularly in Rockland and Placer County, we've got lots of um, big evangelical, you know, giant mega church kind of things. And so that's who they see as Christian. That's who they, you know, and I mean, I've had kids come to youth group and say things like, what do we do about the people protesting abortion right in front of my high school? I mean, that's, right. lot, but I mean, it's that kind of thing. How, how do we... How Do we combat that? How do we, you know, say, Well, we're Christian and that's not us, or whatever? Uh, you know, now, now it's LGBTQ stuff, and and uh, the, the school districts around school districts around here are all starting to pass all those um, the policies that the teachers are supposed to out kids and that sort of thing, you know, tell oh, out yeah. it to their parents. Um, and so these kids are like, But that's not us, and so. Um, the youth gathering gets them in a space where we can have conversations about this is um, this is a place where you can a safe space to have these conversations, but also understand that not you're not isolated in what you're learning at church or what you're feeling about Jesus or whatever, because all these people are more or less on the same page as you, and um, so it's cool to just see them kind of interact in that space and hear these different speakers and. I think the gathering is a good job of, um, oh, what's the word? Like learning styles. So that you can bring, say, a group of six kids and each of them comes in, obviously with their own stories and their own faith background and stuff, but different ways of approaching life. And the gathering has so many things happening, which is why it's exhausting and overwhelming sometimes. But it's also, you can plug a kid into different things, right? And so uh, when I went to the, 20 what would that be? 2012 one in new orleans by the end the two super introverted kids who happened to be senior girls and one of whom was mine were kind of done with the whole thing i mean they were mm-hmm. they liked it they weren't they and they weren't like pushing back against doing things but when the main stage stuff was done that night that they brought on some i think it was skillet some christian but it was really loud like it wasn't um right and whatever and they're like we can't do this and so i just pulled all the kids and we went back and we did a you know group team building thing back in the hotel but you know being able to recognize them not every kid you take is going to love the band that's on stage but they Mm -hmm. might really get like my other daughter really got something out of a couple of the speakers which Mm -hmm. You would think might be weird for a high school kid right that that this you know but yeah. that if they're engaging enough these kids are gonna gonna look at that so i really like that piece of it and just the chance to be with the youth group in a different space too so all, yeah. all those
0: things so, so you take kids but also you you are involved somehow at the synodical level for the sierra pacific Synod. how are you involved at that level.
1: So this year they changed the name. I'm not sure I like it, but the name is Gatherings, <laughs> Ga- uh, Gathering Senate Champions, and every Senate has a champion. Uh, in the past, it was coordinator, and uh, so for the 20, what was it? The 2009 Gap, the first New Orleans one, the most with re- that set where they did it two years in a row. Um, I was asked to do this job, and it's basically uh, logistical coordination kind of stuff. Um, and I don't know that they had it before maybe 06, but, um, the idea is that the gathering staff, the paid staff at, you know, it's the Chicago level is like three people. And that's a lot of, that's very few people answering a lot of phone calls, right. And emails and things. And so they said, if every Senate has one of these things, then, um, so, you can kind of filter the information. So, the, the national level, they train us, the court uh, champions now, and then we are supposed to be dispensing that information to you as pastors and youth leaders and stuff at the synod level and um answering questions, pointing people in the right direction, uh, and then. Uh, maybe help like someone at the retreat this weekend asked me, she said, I'm in, where was she at somewhere? I think in, uh, what is it? Shepherd of the Hills in Berkeley. So tiny little group, she said, be just my, my two kids, but I'd like to go. And I said, 'We'll have you checked with so-and-so at this place? Because then you could, you know, some other Bay area people might be able to have you tag into their group. And so some mm-hmm. of it's happening, that kind of coordination, some of it's, um, just, uh, other kinds of, uh, just log- not logistical support, like, um, you're on your own to find your own meals and things like that and, and plane tickets and stuff but just kind of helping you think through that stuff um and so then what what i've done um is we've had what we call the bash in sacramento in the spring before the event and uh kind of do some final conversations with the pastors and youth leaders and then the kids are all there too, do it and i, I find someone to like entertain them in some way um And it's just kind of a way to kick off before we all get on airplanes and go, um, and and get build that excitement at you know even at but to the last minute. Um, So I'm I'm working those details right now. So those will there'll be emails about that soon. So Jeremy, more emails are coming your
0: way. (laughs) Uh, uh, Um, what do you got, Josh? Because I I have Uh like specific questions about the youth gathering. Uh, no, I think you can ask some some specific questions. All right, so so like, are they putting us all in, in as the synod in the same hotel this year or this time?
1: No, and that's disappointing to me <laughs> because yeah, it's, okay, well, because it's helpful for synods like us that have lots of little churches. It's a good way to share chaperones and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and so, and like last, like in Houston, I don't, I didn't have anyone at my church. I took my nephew from Truckee, and then we met the Reno kids there. And then mm-hmm. I use their male chaperone from in their boys for my nephew to have a room and that sort of thing. Um, so that makes it a little bit trickier. And I know one of you, or maybe both of you went in a group last time with several churches, not last time, but in
0: Houston. In uh, Houston and yeah, yeah. Josh, yeah, with yeah we Josh. went with, yeah. we went with, I think, I think it was two churches that, that, right. that we took. And so, which, which made it super awesome to be able to, uh, uh, you know, chair chaperones and stuff like that. And, and, and there was a little more synergy with the kids rather than just a couple of kids from. Yeah. And so that's
1: still possible. It's just an extra step in the registration. Um, But if you, if we're all in the same hotel, it would make it a little bit nicer, especially when the room assignments come out and then you've got oh wait, I've got, you're not one short bed because they gave me this weird, weirdly configured room or whatever. So you can still go and, and hook up with other congregations. And I have one high school student now at Bethel, but, could not convince him because it was only one to join up with anyone. You know, there was a couple of local churches here that were willing to take him on. But um, if, if you do that, then what they ask you to do is you pick one leader to be the, the main person. And, but then when you register, there's a space to put in the synod IDs of the other kids um, so that the gathering knows that someone came from Bethel or from wherever, even if that's not on the, like the main line. But I guess they think because, Louisiana, not Louisiana, but New Orleans is relatively compact and lots of hotels because it's a tourist centric city um, that it's for from there in probably it's less of a headache to kind of just put people where they fit rather than trying to put this size in it here and that size in it there um, and everything between the super do- is between the Superdome and the convention center. And that's like a mile. So which isn't fun and humidity, don't get me wrong, but it's not bad. And so um I think they're just thinking that they can, it's just for from there in that maybe that's a little bit easier. And there may be other students that don't like being all together. Maybe it's just us out here that like it.
0: Yeah. Is, is there any like common questions that you're getting? Like what's the most common questions you're getting from folks? Um,
1: well, that's, what's weird. I'm not getting questions. I'm not getting, I mean, I know people are getting the emails because oh. they're not bouncing, but okay. I, when we went to Senate assembly, that was the opening day for registration that, that Friday Senate assembly. Mm-hmm. I did not know if anyone was even ready to register at that point. Uh, yeah. Then pastor Gabby from, um, Advent in Citrus Heights, so up near me, grabbed me and said, "Hey, I just registered five kids and blah 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 blah." And she wasn't even on my radar because they never send anyone. So mm-hmm. I'm like, "Who?" Are, so there's probably other congregations doing that. And so when register when the um, there was a early registration period, and so when that closed, they sent all the champions an Excel sheet of who's registered. And so that was a couple weeks ago. And at that point, six congregations from from our synod. Um, so like right now so it's probably about 10 15 by now but people aren't telling me um so if you're listening to this please let me know it's not that i need to hold your hand and help you through it but it's it, it's good for me to know because then i don't have to spam you if you're not going i don't have to keep sending you emails right. uh you know and
0: what no i was gonna say so jeremy and i are registered together right,
1: exactly. uh <laughs> so, so yeah so so um yeah they'll eventually let me know but i'd rather know ahead of time so i can check in with people and make sure that they um um, know what's going on and if we're gonna do something like an event in at St John's in Sacramento in April I want to make sure everyone knows about it in plenty of time Right, on that and for that. sure um so the questions I am getting are things like we only have a couple kids what should we do or um basic things like how do you figure out budgeting and some of that um or a couple people wanted to know some very specific things about the registration process, some of which I couldn't answer because since I'm not registering anyone, I couldn't get in to see their questions,
0: hmm. but
1: they gave, um, they gave a sample of things. So I figured I said, just follow those directions and that should get you to, you know, and then let me know. um maybe you know, some people are more nervous about, you know, online forms and stuff. Um, the other thing that they've done this year, which is maybe why I'm not getting as many questions is there's a, uh, online portal to something called g learn and you can get into that once you i guess i well i think before even if you before you registered even but you register for that the links are on the website and there are like training modules um that are decent and they're not long but they go through all the um different things so there's some stuff on there on like budgeting and um group dynamics kinds of things that that sort of thing so there so maybe there's enough stuff out there that they're using the internet for that they don't need the need my role in the same way um, Yeah. the other reason that it would be helpful to know who's going is that what they did this time is they added a piece to my role that wasn't there before so um in the past there well for years we've had the synod day the one day we're at the gathering everyone gets together as a synod and mm-hmm. worships and hangs out right so they've done some stuff to actually make that a much better activity so it won't be four hours of sitting on your butt on a hotel room floor and being super uncomfortable they've shortened the time to gather together and then given us um time to play scavenger hunt type games and go out into the city and explore oh, Cool. because apparently part of the feedback was we drag these kids to these places and we don't have time to actually explore the city. Yeah. You have to, you have to be pretty deliberate about that. So they added to my role coordinating the Synod Day. Um, and so I don't have any information on what that looks like yet. They're still finalizing some of that, but I will need people who can, um, you know, maybe lead some music or um, lead worship in some way. And, you know, so if you've got some youth group kids that you think this kid would be perfect to stand up there and read a prayer, or this kid would be perfect to do this. Once I know what those roles are, I can, you know, start to coordinate that with, you know, youth leaders and ideally find a youth leader who would just do that piece for me.
0: Right.
1: Just do that. Um, I will be in Louisiana as the next level up from that. Uh, They tap me to basically I'll sit in a hotel and be the liaison between the synods, and the hotel so that if you show up for your Synod day and the um, internet's not working right, then I can go find the right tech guy from the hotel to come and piece that together. So they tell me that they will make sure that whatever hotel they assign me is the Synod Pacific, Sierra Pacific one, so that I'm at least with
0: our Synod for that. So That's cool. Um, That's good. That's good. Um, it, it, you've been in our then than before. Um, and my daughter went to grad school there too, so I've been there uh, a few times. <laughs> any stuff that you recommend that uh, that uh, we should absolutely do in New Orleans outside of the youth gathering?
1: Um, I would wander down, not necessarily Bourbon Street, but wander into the French Quarter. Let them see that. I it was iconic, right? Um, if you've got the time, hop on a um streetcar and go toward the garden district. And there are some of the, you know, kind of iconic cemeteries out that way. You don't Mm -hmm. necessarily need to take a tour. You can just walk through and kind of have a conversation about, you know, burial and death and rituals like that. What I, what, what I usually tell people to do from California and Nevada is to go a day early if you can, so that Mm -hmm. you've got at least a morning you know morning midday kind of thing to do something in this the city that you're in so the last time we were in new Orleans we did the thing with the streetcar went out kind of wandered around a little bit and then went to the world war ii museum Mm -hmm. and the it's a fabulous museum So you you have to budget for that i forget what it costs but you you have to pay a little bit to do that but my kids really enjoyed it um i did it I think I did it both times I was there and and both sets of group kids liked it. Um, The other thing is, you know, once you find out your hotel, um, especially for our kinds of groups that tend to be smaller, you at minimum, use like Google Maps and look at your kind of neighborhood and look for some like smaller restaurants, Mm. maybe opposite direction from where it looks like everyone else is going. So we were able to find like a... um, I don't even know what you call them, but cafeteria style kind of a restaurant where you just walk in and they you just walk down the row and they throw food on a plate for you kind of thing. And it was the opposite direction from where you where you would think anything would be. And we just walked in that way to see what we would find, and there it was. Um but you could do the you could do some of that legwork, you know, on Google or something and and see that. So that's that's a thing which um people because the food can be the long, yeah. The scary part. And with New Orleans, we had kids that were nervous about the food.
0: Um, About like what they can eat?
1: What they, yeah. Is it going to be too spicy? Is it going to be too Uh weird? Is it going to be, you know, it's not hamburgers and hot dogs. And my husband went with us as as a chaperone or an adult leader for both of those trips. But especially the first one, because both our daughters were eligible to go. And he he lives to eat. And so he, um, that was his job. He just went out and he scouted things out. And so uh, he would take, he would just explain to them what it was and you're going to try this and uh, or at least try someone else's gumbo if you don't want to risk that and you just want grilled cheese or whatever. But we found ways to make all that work. Um, To this day, we make fun of one of these now young adults, like 30 year olds, uh, because she called her mother after we went to some, to this cafeteria one, in fact. And all the kids were getting, it was boys. It was just sandwiches or gumbo. Was it your only option? Yeah. But she didn't know what to get. Her family eats very sm- limited menu. Uh-huh. And my daughter said, well, we can get this club sandwich one. And that'll be safe. And so they split that. And then she called, this other girl called her mom and said, I ate Louisiana food today. I want a club sandwich. <laughs> she <was very> <laughs> and my daughter was like, no, no, no. <laughs> That's not what that means. Uh,
0: that's funny. <laughs>
1: yeah. yes, <it> <laughs> so not every kid's gonna eat, you know, shrimp and grits or something like that. But you'll get some of them, and and if you can do some stuff, I mean, there's plenty of Cajun food and that kind of stuff out this way too, right? So you could do some of that ahead of time and and keep some of those fears of, uh, you know, kind of pamp down a little bit but if you can kind of just have conversations about especially in this case we're going to a city that's known for its food we're not going to mcdonald's every day yeah that's where you'll see the minnesotans but you know i'm not kidding (laughs) because it's easy right here take this ten dollars go in there get some food um but we found it was just as easy to go to a restaurant because we were small i mean that does change it budget-wise but um and it wasn't that we didn't eat something like barbecue, but it, at least it was. And it's also supporting the local businesses, too. We tried yeah. not to you know, go to those kind of places.
0: So did you uh, do a fan boat tour
1: there? No, but if you could work that out, I would. You,
0: okay, so uh, the last time I went to New Orleans with a group of kids, I took, I think, like 20 kids on a fan boat tour. And we saw... Uh, um, alligators out in the wild and snakes up in trees and yeah so yeah that's another fabulous. Good one.
1: yeah you could do yeah. that and i know uh hope and fresno one time did a cooking class they went like two days early and oh. so they did a cooking class there is a museum across the river i think i think it's across the river now somewhere close a mardi gras museum and you can go in and see all the floats oh that's cool so, so there there's some options. Um the New Orleans uh what would you call that? The Tourism Bureau, the Chamber of Commerce, those kind of people, they have a really good website. And I think there's links to it directly from the gathering website. Um so Jared,
0: didn't you eat alligator when you were there? Absolutely. It was delicious. It. <laughs> it tastes like chicken with a little bit of fish on it.
1: Yep, it's Oh, like
0: somebody man. breathes the word fish over it that's
1: how it tastes <laughs> the, the thing i really like and I don't, I don't even exactly know what it is it's called boudin it's essentially it's sausage but it's got like rice and meat and whatever in oh, the yeah, casing. Yeah. um and it's really good um and it's funny because then this champions thing or somewhere on facebook and some group i'm in they ask you what are you looking forward to eating in louisiana and everyone's saying gumbo and jambalaya and i'm like hey eh. boudin you know i'm trying to get something that sounds more authentic and apparently the best places to get it is gas stations. Now, I'm not saying you have to do that, but that's what my husband's wearing by. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. He, he worked. Uh, he was there for Katrina. He worked there that whole school
0: oh, year. Oh, whoa, and yeah, so yeah, He
1: was there then, and then he's gone back for other jobs. And so he's he feels he's an expert on these kinds of things.
0: Well, thanks. Is there anything else that we should know about um, the, the gathering? Yeah, what do you want people to know about the youth gathering? Here's your time.
1: Here's my time. So I would say a couple of things. One, the price has already gone up once. So you want to be, you, you have plenty of time to register. There's still plenty of spaces, but you want to move on that. Um, it will go up again on Valentine's Day. So hopefully you but by then you're really going to be behind the eight ball because of planes, you know, plane tickets and stuff. Um, if you can swing it, the ELCA Youth Ministry Network has a yearly co- continuing ed event called the Extravaganza and um that's another hat i wear i'm on the on the board and this this year the extravaganza is in new orleans so depending on if when you register if it's early enough they'll get you you'll know your hotel by the time you're there so then you can do some more exploring that way but they'll also offer some um, workshops and stuff about the gathering if you have more questions or just an opportunity to hang out in the city right And, and explore it and look for things like airboat tours and and stuff like that. Um, so that's in January, uh the January 18th to the 21st. So if you can swing that, that would be that's a good idea. Um it's a great use of continuing ed money, but they also have some limited scholarships or maybe you can just find someone that at least for this year wants to help send you there and get you there. Um so I would I would really recommend doing that. Um and then the other thing not to forget about is the kind of the add-on events, the the mile, which is the multicultural youth leadership um, event. Oh, and yeah. the table, which is the one that for the uh, kids with disabilities. And both of those are like the three days before the gathering. Um, and they're kind of inclusive. Like it's 190 to register, but that covers room and board. But the first thousand people for the mile and the first 200 people for the table are free. Somebody gave wow. a huge
0: donation. Wow! Out.
1: Wow! So, so you read you. So even if you think uh, I didn't do that, maybe I'm too late. If you've got a kid that you think could go to that, you could still add tag that onto your registration. Um, it's either individual kids and a chaperone, and, and you know, and an adult leader, or it's half of your congregation group. So if you're look, especially with the well, with the table, it's almost always going to be like a guardian and a kid because they often need the. that adult with the mile it's um for kids of color or kids whose first language is in english and um so if you're looking at your group and saying well you know we're a bunch of white lutherans but i do have this one you know latino boy or whatever then uh you could send someone early with him and then they would just participate in the event there
0: um, very cool
1: yeah and there's details on the website about that and how to kind of you know maneuver that or i can help you with some of that everyone i know that's taken kids of that has really enjoyed it and every year they've gotten better at it as far as the leadership so like um this time they're very deliberate that the the planning team represents all the major ethnic groups that are in the elca so mm-hmm. they, they're hitting making sure that those voices are heard in the planning and talking to like i assume college age kind of kids young adult age kids also so what do you need as a you know arab american lutheran what what do you need to help you maneuver these white spaces or whatever so that's all being um worked through so I, if you've got people that qualify i recommend that and then this year they're doing a young adult gathering uh there was they got a lot of pushback when they canceled the last one and so their way to kind of um compensate for that is they is they're gonna have a parallel event. So the mile and table are before, but the uh, young adult gathering is parallel to the to the youth gathering. So there'll be some overlap. Like I think they'll be in in the dome, they'll be in the super dome, but in their own section. Um, but if you're 18 to 35 and wanna go to another youth gathering, at not hmm. as a volunteer, but just to go and participate, there is another way to do that. Um, that when you people register on their own uh, but you could send several people from a congregation but uh, and then when you get there or you know as they're getting names they'll put them into people into cohorts so that the 18 year olds won't be with the 35 year olds they'll you know kind of do that and I assume they'll probably also have questions about um, you know married or not parent or not right because a a you know a 20 year old could be a parent and they may have more in common with a 35 year old parent than with a 20 year old who's just in college right so right uh, they'll be they'll work some of those angles um and they'll do similar things i think they'll have some service events and things like that to do as well um but the young what's that the the young adult folk at the ELCA level they're planning that but it's parallel to the to the other gathering
0: very cool that's great Well, um, we always end our interviews with 10 questions. uh, And so uh, here we go. Uh, Which food can you eat every day? Burritos. What's your favorite movie genre? Comedy. (laughs) Salty, sweet, or savory? Sweet. In addition to the Bible, which book would you take with you on a deserted island? Only
1: one? Uh, I don't know. I have thousands of books. I don't know that I could make a decision.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. What fills your cup?
1: Hanging out with friends, laughing.
0: And what depletes your cup?
1: Watching the news.
0: Hmm. what's your favorite holy place
1: outside um but specifically when I can the beach
0: hmm. uh what's one piece of good advice that you've been given
1: to smile and to... Remember that everyone else has a story that could be just as weird as mine, and so that and that, that's okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does rest look like for you?
1: Reading a book somewhere.
0: And on that last day when you enter heaven, what do you hope God will say?
1: Now you're going to make me cry. Um, well done, good and faithful servant. I had a pastor that talked like that all the time when I was growing up.
0: Everybody, this has been Lisa Herlocker. Thank you so much for for joining us on this podcast.
1: Thanks, guys. It was more fun than I thought.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This has been the Sarada Brothers Podcast. Thanks for listening.